Welcome to Dakota Grappler Live. Your source for wrestling in the Dakotas. We will bring you coach interviews, individual rankings and results. News at all levels. Great conversation, wrestling mindset, and more. Now here's your host, John Gums. Hey guys, John Gums, Dakota Grappler Live here. Just coming to you on a Sunday night. Got a special guest with us, Shane Sparks on the far right. We're going to talk wrestling and hopefully this will last about an hour. We'll see how long it goes. We're just going to talk. Um, if you don't know me, I guess I'm John Gums, owner and editor Dakota Grappler. Long-time promoter, and that's pretty much my niche in this wrestling world, I guess. And right beside me is Bill Holton. He is my right-hand man, I always say, and he is my college guru. We talk wrestling. And then on the far side, I've listened to Shane for a long time, Big Ten Network. I know he's involved in track, sports engine, everything that way. I'm going to have him introduce himself, and then we'll go from there. If actually, I'll have Bill first introduce himself, and then I'll go over to Shane. Bill? Yeah, Bill Holton. I'm, I'm coming at you from Central North Dakota. Just a, obviously a long-time wrestling fan. I wrestled uh, – Wrestled, uh, did a little coaching. Actually, Shane, I coached in your home state there of uh, Wisconsin for a few years, uh, up in Superior, Wisconsin, way up. Oh, in nice. The, yeah, way up in the northeast corner of, or northwest corner of your state. So, uh, but uh, nowadays, uh, you know, my time is spent being a wrestling fan. I'm still a wrestling dad for a little bit longer here. I got uh, one son in college wrestling uh, his last his last uh, semester, I guess. So, uh, just a just a big fan of sport. Been been a fan of Shane for as long as he's been on the network and uh, always brings a lot of energy. That was fun watching him even just the other night. And yeah, uh, you know, the Iowa, Iowa, Nebraska duel. So I was happy. I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, it was a good, that, that Hawkeye team is really good. Nebraska too is very solid, but uh, I was, that's a, that's a pretty special group. And then you got one of your buddies on here. You're going to see some stuff pop up here once in a while. Well, I was going to pick it up by saying if you guys were recommended by Jim Makovsky, <laughs> you're a friend of mine because, and I'll say this publicly, I've met so many great people in this sport. I mean, so many great people, and it's just an awesome group, but the coolest guy I've ever met. The, I mean, if someone said, give me the coolest guy I've met in this sport, a guy that if you got a weekend to go to Vegas with you taking in your car, front seat is Jim Makovsky. That's oh, yeah. at the seat. There is, he is so funny. He is a really cool guy. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, we got stuff. I don't know what this is about. Can you see anything in my background? Oh, nice. <laughs> I definitely I got about 30 boxes downstairs. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, that's, uh, I got at least got 30 boxes. What am I talking about? I got about 60 boxes downstairs. So, some, yeah. some, some inside joke. He said, you bet, can you do this for me? And I said, oh, definitely. That's funny. You, you want to hear the story quick? Yes, definitely. Start us Here's off with a good story. The, the quick, quick story on this is going back to 1994 high school wrestling. I was a senior in high school. I was wrestling 103. When I weighed, when I was a freshman in high school, I weighed 80, 81. So I'd have to drink eight pounds of water to wrestle 103 and go out and just get blasted. You know, that's how it was. So the, the only when I was a junior, I weighed 103. Senior year, I'm cutting weight. I'll, I'll never forgive myself for it because why do most people cut weight to take the easier path? And if there's one thing I've learned in 20 years when you deal with high-level wrestlers or high-level anybody, they don't want the easy path. They want the hard path. I mean, I, I can promise you, I can promise you Jordan Burroughs wants to make another Olympic team by beating Kyle Dake. I can mm -hmm. promise you that. Like that's, he, he'd be, he'd be yeah. devastated if he didn't get to Russell Dake. They want the hard. So anyways, so I'm still dealing with that, trying to forgive myself. Anyways, <laughs> I, it was a week before the state tournaments and I was ranked number one all year and cutting weight, not enjoying the sport at all, not getting any better, 
going to practice to cut weight, not getting any better. I mean, that was just looking back on it now. It's just such a man. I would have done so many things different. But anyways, uh, on a, I used to work at a radio station in high school, and the state tournament started on a Thursday. So it's Sunday. I got five days. I'm so close. I mean, I've been counting down the days, unfortunately, after about a weekend of the season, like, oh, 70 more days left, 60 more days left. So I'm down to five days. And I, I was, you know, my, I was battling my weight all season, but I never quite, you know, I never really, like, lost it, you know. Didn't didn't have what I call my Barry Davis moment, okay? <laughs> so I'm in this radio station. I'm all alone in there. And I go up in the break room, and there is a box of wheat thins. And it had not been opened yet. So I'm like, my first question looking back at it now is they weren't mine. So why did I open the box? <laughs> Whatever. You know, you're 18 years old. You, you're not real bright. But I remember opening the box of wheat thins because I was going to have one. And then I'm, you know, go down to the board, you know, up, you know, doing board up for a basketball game or football game. And uh, then I go back up there and I'm going to just, just gonna have another one. Just one more. Well, long story short. I eat the whole box of wheat thin. I eat a, eat a bunch of stuff from the snack thing, drinking soda. I go to the Ramada Inn in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin that night, and I was 10 or 11 over. And I remember sitting there looking at looking at myself in the mirror, and I was just like, you know, the self-talk in the mirror, like, what did you do? I mean, I'm sure I was in tears. Like, what did you do? Long story short, 24 hours after that, I was on weight. That was, that was a – Running, biking, running, bike. I mean, it was just uh, – but anyway, so Andy Hamilton of Track Wrestling did – as a little feature, which I think is the coolest little segment, but it's called My Greatest Loss. And uh, I ended up losing in the state finals uh, up by seven in the third period. Things came off the tracks, lost in overtime. And when I was reflecting on that lost him in those stories, I brought up the Wheat Thin story. So it was my birthday a couple of months ago. Andy <laughs> Hamilton and the crew at – Sports engine track wrestling. I was getting six, seven boxes of wheat thins a day from Amazon for like two weeks break. <laughs> I got a ton of them. It's, uh, it's, 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 I got a, a box of the uh, cracked pepper that I'm looking at right here. I got two boxes on my counter right now cracked pepper and uh, reduced fat. And uh, I have a son who's 17 years old who lives with me. And he made a comment to Andy Hamilton on a video. He goes, Andy, where's the tomato basil? So the next day, I think we got six or seven boxes of that. So yeah, we got. Uh, Wheat thins, proud supporter. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good story. No, I tell you what, uh, been listening to you for a long time. I've got several questions I kind of wrote down, but I'm sitting in a new place so I can have those wheat thins sitting in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I have my you're, over a there. You're, you're a Twins fan? I know a lot of people in Dakotas are Twins fans. Well, yes. Uh, it's a great thing. I tell you what, sports of any type. I've always been a proponent to be involved in all sports. Absolutely. Uh, this this twelve month a year wrestling, even much as I love it, I can handle it as an adult. But I think as a an athlete, a person, be a rounded person, they should be involved in lots of things. So you know why that's such a great point. Here's something I've learned in my adult life, and I I wish you, you we started this rant, so I'm gonna I'm gonna finish yep, it. Definitely. Wrestling's a great sport. I never wrestled in college. I ended up I wanted to wrestle in college. I have a son who's almost twenty five years old. I was in college for about two weeks, found out I was going to be a dad. That was the end of it. So I never wrestled in college. I never won a state title. I love this sport. It's my livelihood. I can tell you the benefits. I mean, I, mean, I, can, I just know. I mean, I owe, I owe a ton to this sport based on life being hard, dealing with different things. Mention the people I've met. It's fantastic. So I'm 
I'm in the 99% of everybody else, right? It's the 1% that are going to go out and wrestle in the Big Ten and beyond that, probably less than 1%. So if you're a parent, like I'm not saying you never you never tell your kid you can't do that. But if you're wrestling for the scholarship or this and that, you are going to be so disappointed and you are going to really miss out. And being a kid, do all the fun, play baseball, play football, find your passions. I'm with you. Unless you're in that half percent, one percent, which I hate to break it to 99.9 parents listening, your kid's not there. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. You're completely I mean, right. Think big picture because it's because otherwise what happens is those kids, and we, we all know these people, they were really good wrestlers, really good. And guess what? They hated it. Mm -hmm. and, yep. and then they grow up and they have kids of their own. And their kids don't do it. You know why? Because it sucked. It was a mm -hmm. bad experience. So I'm with you. We're, we're on the same page. Yep. I like, I like the experience part of it where, for an example, I had an oldest son who is a sophomore in college, never did wrestle after fifth grade. But uh, he he had other things. He bear hugged a kid and he broke the kid's arm, and and he said, "I'm not doing that to my best friend. I I can't do this anymore." And and then that spring, another friend asked him if he wanted to swim, and then became a multiple state champion Man. swimmer. Yeah, everybody's got and, their own path. And then my youngest, he follows my path a little bit. Loves baseball, loves loves football, loves all sports, and and wrestling. Sometimes I wonder, what am I doing? I'm putting him through hell, but he loves it too. <laughs> But it's, you know, and it's it's the pain of that uh, parent in the stands. It's another thing you start learning some as a wrestling parent that you also have to take the break to be a fan of your kid and, and the team you're on. And I think some people miss that out too, that it's just not about your kid when you're sitting in the stands. You got to get to know those parents. It's the best family ever you can be around. My oldest son played basketball and people be like, man, your kid played. I mean, if he had a dollar for every time he answered, you don't wrestle. <laughs> People are like, man, you know, they look at me, but if their kid doesn't wrestle, they play basketball. And for me, I, uh, you know, get my drink, get my popcorn, sit in the stands. I don't know what's, you know, ah, awesome. <laughs> it was always the same speech with my kid, no matter what. Hey, love watching you play, fun watching you compete. You have a good time, great. Let's go to Dairy Queen. Like, that's the conversation. That's it. You know, nope. so. so true. So I want to interrupt you real quick. Just, just, to, oh, let yeah, you know, just to let you know, I want to get one thing straight before we go on. Uh, if baseball had rules like it did in 1991, Kent Herbeck doesn't get away with that in the Atlanta Braves win. <laughs> <laughs> What's, yeah, my second team has always been the Atlanta Braves because I'm a Dale Murphy fan. Oh, number three, <laughs> Dale Murphy. Man, one of the best center fielders ever. Oh, yeah. MVP, I believe. Yep. Uh, yes. I can, I can go through that whole team, but we got a wrestling show to talk about. <laughs> no, uh, so I want to go back to your beginnings. Now, where did, when did you start wrestling? That's kind of what, uh, and, March, and where at, and where at? Yeah, uh, March of 1983. I was seven years old. I grew up in a town called Ripon, Wisconsin, 7,000 7, people, uh, probably an hour and a half away from Milwaukee, you know, east central Wisconsin. And my dad had a friend that was a farmer named uh, uh, R.D. was his name, this little kid. And R.D.'s brother, Fuzzy, was the heavyweight at Ripon High School. So my dad was a barber. He cut hair until 8 o'clock on Friday nights. And I just remember uh, he would take us to watch Fuzzy wrestle. And I, I do not recall, I could be wrong, but I do not recall ever going to a wrestling practice. I went to a wrestling tournament in first grade and uh, at Fond du Lac Goodrich High School. 
And a uh, little four-man bracket. And the first kid I ever wrestled was a kid named Seth Pilot. And <laughs> I found out very quick, Seth was a multiple time. I mean, he was a stud, stud youth kid. And uh, real good wrestler. I think he pinned me in 10 seconds. I don't remember. I can, re I can remember, for whatever reason, the ref telling me I'd have my foot on the line. Before we started, I didn't have my foot on the line. I was straight up, did not have any clue. What, I, I really didn't know what I was doing there. So he pinned me in 10 seconds. I remember getting up and uh, fighting back the tears a little bit. Like I, I was, oh, I understood something bad happened a little bit. And uh, won the next match against a kid named Dan Wetzel. I think it was four to two. I got a white ribbon for third place. And I always think back on that, like, number one, you could give me $100,000 for that ribbon, and I wouldn't take it. Yeah. Uh, little did I, I, I would, I could have never have imagined that that March, you know, that day in, in March of, of 1983, that would have changed my life forever. I would have never in a million years thought that, but uh, that was, that was the day it all began. And I just, just always loved it. I, I just, I mean, for me, wrestling is, it, it's the individual aspect of it. I, I will be the first to admit that in many settings, I'm not a team player. I mean, I cannot imagine playing football. I cannot imagine playing football and having somebody like, you know, Aaron Donald yesterday, he's the leader of the Rams and, and he's got a face mask. You're in a fight with somebody 15 yards. Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> you, you are that, <laughs> you know, I just, I could not deal with that. And I, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say when I was in high school, I never drank. I was disciplined. I was committed. I, I don't have any, like, what ifs. I, I can, I gave it all I had. And I've never understood why, especially at the college level, just my own opinion. If you're going to do that stuff in college, I wouldn't even waste my time. But that's just me. I just, I, and, and a lot of that's probably because I wasn't good enough. Like, I wasn't good enough to take shortcuts. So, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine relying on somebody else. Not my deal. Every time I list you, I, th I think a lot like you do. I remember every person I wrestled, name-wise, you name it, my first matches. You know, I, I talk about guys in the room I wrestled. And they I go back to, like, class reunions, and they said, John, just talk. Yes, because <laughs> I remember, like, everything. I, I said I wasted my whole brain cell and every day of school, remembering first through sixth grade. Yeah. You know, knowing all my classmates' birthdays and 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 what they did in every class, and they go, "What in the world do you?" T I said, "I don't know why. I just remember That's that." A great skill set. I mean, no. people ask if you could have anything. You know, be invisible. Uh, be you know, be able to fly. This and that. If I could have any superpower, it'd be meeting somebody one time and remembering their name. It's oh, <laughs> a lethal weapon if you can do it. Oh, it's crazy, definitely. No, okay. So then you went after after high school. You said you went to where in college, and then you, when did you get involved with track wrestling? Let's go to that spot. Yeah, track wrestling. Um, this would have been about 2000, let's see here, 2000, November of 2007. I, I launched a website called badgerstatewrestling.com. We were all Wisconsin. And the I was on, I can tell you exactly where I was. I was on College Avenue in Appleton, Wisconsin at a stop and go. I probably shouldn't have been on my phone, but uh, I called up Justin Tritz. I'd never met him. It's the first time I'd ever talked to him because I knew to get a business launched in Wisconsin that had anything to do with wrestling, Justin Tritz was the guy. Like, it, you know, he's just one of those guys. Tom McGarvey runs the Wisconsin Wrestling Forum, Wisconsin Wrestling Online website. I just knew, I just, I've always, I've known in this whole process that it, it really is, you got to connect dots, you got to network, you got to know people. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, until you understand that, you're going to be probably spinning your wheel. And uh, so that was 2007. And that's when I, I got a relationship with Justin Tritz. Then I was doing, 
uh, some you know interviews at Fargo. And if I would do anything USA related, Pete Isaias, the national director of events, real good friend yep. of mine, awesome in, guy. He coached the issue, yep. there for a while. I love Pete. He would always room Justin and I together. So got a real good relationship with Justin, and Justin hired me then in uh, must have been 2015, July of 2015. I owe Justin a ton. Uh, I can honestly tell you this. I probably trust Justin Tritz more than anybody else on this planet. You will not meet a better guy. He is the, he is the best. Uh, I, I take a bullet for that guy, no doubt. So that's he's been, he's been a very big, you know, he's been a really good friend and a real big reason why I've been able to get to where I've gotten. Big reason. Pete Isaias, I could go on and on. There's so many people. So what were you doing previous? Because I know you started the website, and then how about normal job teaching wise? Yeah, I, you what I, you do? I went to uh, again long. I mean, long, long story short, I'll take you to. I, I was selling cars in two thousand, okay. two thousand one, and I always knew I wanted to be in broadcasting. That was that's all I wanted to do since I was ten years old. There was never a plan B. That's what I wanted to do. So I, I sold cars from January through May. In 2001, and I was the number one salesman every month. I was the only guy. What I always liked was when you walked in the dealership, it had salesman of the month. And since it was January, I was the only name on the plaque. January, February, March, April, May, and I was very successful at it. And I didn't enjoy it. And I remember once I'm like sitting outside, and uh, heck, at that time I'm heck, I'm 25 years old, had a house, driving a BMW. Life is pretty good. And I'll never forget sitting outside my car and I looked in my rear view mirror and I looked at myself. I'm like, you just sold three cars today. It was a Thursday. And I'm like, you sold three cars today and you hate it. You hate this. I think the next day I got enrolled to radio school in Phoenix, Arizona. So I went out to that radio school for six months and just got so fortunate just getting some real big breaks. I mean, I, if you told me like God doesn't exist, like he doesn't exist, like Here's the proof. It's like, you can't believe it because here's all the proof. I would still tell you, no way. All my chips are center of the table. God does exist because there is no way in hell that these 20 things just happen to me coincidentally. Like, it, it'd be like, you know, it's, it, it'd be like, yeah, it just, I've gotten so fortunate. I mean, I, I mean I've gotten so fortunate. There's been so many people that have helped me out. But that's, uh, then I got a radio job in Milwaukee. Uh, in 2002, and then I got a radio job in Appleton up until 2007. I launched Badger State Wrestling in 2007, did that for seven or eight years. I could just see where the business was going. You know, this, this business, I mean, high school sports, it's pretty big business. I was never in it for that, and I realized, like, I got to get out of this because I'm just not big enough and don't have the capital, whatever, and that's where I got in with, with Justin, so... That's uh, and it, the sports talk show was a lot of fun. Did that out of uh, Appleton, right by Green Bay. So uh, that was that job was a lot of fun, and I'll never forget when I uh, Scott Cleaver uh, runs the Cheesehead tournaments in Kekona, Wisconsin. So Scott's one of my good friends, and him and I would do a wrestling radio show in Wisconsin. We did that for a couple of years, had a lot of fun, and I remember talking to my station manager because getting that sports talk show job and. In Appleton, that was hard to do. I mean, I don't know how many people applied, probably over 100, you know, a real hard job to get. And it was a lot of fun. But I'll never forget when I when I left and I told my station manager what I was doing. I will never forget. He, he goes, he goes, Shane, he goes, wait a minute. You're, you're leaving this to do 
what? And I'm like, I'm starting this wrestling website up and this is going to work. I, I, I just knew it would. And it was a lot of work. And again, thank God, thank God I was too dumb and did it. <laughs> if I would have known, like, known a year in what all goes into that, I, I don't know if I would have done it. I mean, a lot of, it's like anything, any kind of business you run, it's stressful. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm convinced that I'll live, you know, God willing, I'll live to be, you know, probably 60 and I'll be like 60, you know, get up to heaven. God'll be there. I'll be like 60. And he's going to, he's going to put his hand up and go, stop. he's going to dig into his pocket, grab a notebook, find my name. And it's going to say, my, my real last name is not Sparks, by the way, but Shane, N-E-B-L, that's another story. But, uh, he's going to show, you know, show my name and it's going to say Shane Nabel, 86. And then it's going to be crossed out in parentheses. It's going to say he was hell bent on making that wrestling website work. And I'm going to have for him because it definitely took years off my life. It was worth it. It was a lot of fun, but uh, that was a stressor. Well, I, re I remember when Track first started because they contacted all the state websites uh, and trying to get into the states. And they actually offered me a deal to get them involved in all their tournaments. And I felt kind of guilty because they were willing to give me a ton of money. I'm talking half of the proceeds for that first year just to get them in. Justin Fritz hustles, hustles, and hustles, and, and hustles. And he and he, and I I basically emailed back and said, guess what? This sounds like the best thing possible. Because here's the crazy thing: I've never been into making money with Dakota Grappler. It's been a business of mine for 20 years, and I don't have anything from it really. It's oh, funny yeah. how it works. 20, well, maybe a little bit. I, but the whole thing is, is I wasn't looking to make money. I was there to promote the sport. And I believe that's part of my my life is just to pr promote the sport. And I said, guess what? I will give you every contact. I'll get you into North Dakota, and. Don't pay me a cent because I want this to go. And I'm hoping more, more people took advantage of that because I think it was his approach. And I don't I don't even remember who it was that contacted me. This must have been him. Probably because, Fritz. I'll bet it was. Yep. And and I said, okay, let me, first of all, let's first get the first tournament in and let's see how they like it. And it was kids wrestling actually first. We started to get kids yep. wrestling tournaments in first. And all they were getting back was a dollar per wrestler. And that dollar per wrestler, you think of a tournament, you get two, 300 kids or you get another tournament. But guess what? All of a sudden, if you start having 10 a weekend, that's making track wrestling actually profitable for that weekend so they can actually hire somebody to keep this going and, and expand it and keep making it go. I tell you what, it was it was huge for the state of North Dakota. And then the High School Activities Association knew what was going on. And guess what? They adopted it in the rules because guess what? We pushed it as coaches. We really liked it. Wow. And guess what? Then every coach went from there. And it has been just a great success. And I'm so happy they did do that because we needed it. We needed something like that. Danger. I mean, Justin Tritz is just, he's a visionary and he works so hard. And like I said before, he's just such an honest guy that his integrity is second. I've never met a guy with integrity like that guy, like ever. He's one of a kind. He's one of a kind and just a great example of, you know, just a great example of going to work and just working. But see, there were about two competing companies at that time. Other ones you can think about it a little bit. The predicament kind of had a little bit. You remember going back to that? They had the scorebook. And then there was the wrestling. There was almost like something called the wrestling scorebook. And South Dakota took a long time to get them over the track, actually, because they oh, had they were using the other system. Okay. Yep. Some of that history wise, Bill. I'll let you ask a couple questions. I don't want to dominate this. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's, I just I'm just here to listen anyway. It's kind of fun. But, so Shane, I here I want to talk about Big Ten Network, right? So you've been you've been on the sidelines. You've been able to kind of get started in there. T- talk about the start of that a little bit. Then I got a couple follow ups. Man, that was a this is a pretty crazy story. So, gosh, I'm trying to think what year it would have been. I I remember doing the PA at the Wisconsin for the Wisconsin Badgers. Corey Wallman. Corey Wallman's a North or South Dakota guy. South Dakota. South Dakota. Yeah. Yep. So Corey Wallman was an assistant coach with, at the, with the Badgers with Bart Shelsvig. And Bart yep. was a Webster City, Iowa guy, I believe. But obviously great career in college with uh, with Iowa uh, under Gable. But those two guys were assistants. And somehow they got me in where I could do the PA for the Badgers. And when I did the PA for the Badgers, did that. And then, they, then I got to do some play-by-play for uwbadgers.com. And I remember being at the Big Ten tournaments – it was at Northwestern probably 11 years ago. It was going to be right, you know, right in that mix. And I remember watching Tim Johnson, Jim Gibbons, and Lee Kemp. And I'll never forget it. I, I, I just remember looking and being like, in my mind, like, that's the goal. Like, that's, that's the goal. I mean, the Big Ten Network was, was always my goal from the beginning. So then I got an opportunity to do the NCAA selection show. I think Pat Tossi did it in year one, and then this was going to be year two. So the Badgers let me take – I went I, I went with the team to Northwestern, went with the bus with those guys, Pritz Laff and Barry Davis, just awesome guys. Wallman, Bart is great. So um, I did that, did that selection show. And that was the first year then that they were going to do these – it was called Live Sports Radio, and it was these little earpieces yep. inside the arena. It was the first year they were going to do it. The timing of that, I got into that, and I got to do the semis, and Brian Hazard and I, who does a lot of PA work, Brian's out of Virginia, he does the NCAA Championships PA with Jason Bryant. We did the finals. And, I mean, I'm, I'm chasing the perfect broadcast. I texted Jaden Ironman today. Because in that broadcast on Friday, there's a lot going on. And I love every minute of it. But it's it's far more difficult than what people realize behind the scenes. It's everything's timing. You got somebody in your ear. I mean, it's just, it's not that simple, okay? And if I'm being fully honest, you know, another thing, I don't have a day of TV training in my life. So if I'm being <laughs> real honest, don't tell anybody this. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> okay? So... Um, there's a lot. But you're a car salesman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in that match on Friday, in the open, I called Jaden Ironman Mike Ironman, his dad. So I'm like, and I knew right when I said it. And I'm like, I will wrestle Minnesota this Friday on Big Ten. I'm sure I'll make it because I'm a big believer in like own your stuff. Like I'm not perfect. I screwed up. I know it's I know it's Jaden Ironman, but my brain didn't go with my mouth. But it still ticks me off. It's like, God, I was having some fun with Jane today. Like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm just like, I just felt like an idiot, blah, blah, blah. So, um, anyways, I don't know where I got going on that. Um, but so so I'm doing this. So my my point being is every broadcast I get over with, it's like it's just like a wrestling match. You you, you always you always just want to make little tweaks and just get a little bit better here, a little bit better there. Like it's a constant work in progress. That night in Philadelphia, it was in Philadelphia, it was Robles McDonough, Taylor Bubba Jenkins, John Reeder won a title that night. I think Jordan Oliver beat a, was it Hot Stress from Boise State? It was that year. 
And um, uh, I feel, I remember getting off of that broadcast thinking, man, I, I, that had definitely been the best I had done up to that point. Okay, so I, I just felt, I remember feeling so good about it. Well, I go back to the hotel, and Jim Gibbons is in the lobby. And I remember having a self-taught conversation in my head, walking up to my room going, here's the deal, Shane. You're coming back down here, and you're going to meet Jim Gibbons, and you are going to calm it down. Because I, 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 if you don't know, I need a pretty You know what I mean? So I went down. When I went up to the hotel room, put my bag away, came down, and introduced myself to Jim Gibbons and, and said, you know, it's, it's always been a goal of mine to you know, work with you on the Big Ten Network. So Jim and I are talking. We're having a conversation. And Quentin Wright walks by, and he won a title that night. And Quentin Wright, I don't remember the exact timing of it, but at the same time, the Scove brothers, one wrestled at Ohio State, one wrestled at Oklahoma State. I think it's Jude. I, I, I wish I remember the other. Is it Jude and Andrew maybe? I, I, anyways, they come walking by, and they're telling – and I'm talking to Quentin Wright, and I can hear these guys telling Jim Gibbons, we heard a guy tonight. You got to find him. You, we heard this guy tonight. He was great. You got to find this guy, Jim. And Jim Gibbons looks at me and goes, come over here. And he, he looks at the guys, and he goes, this guy was on – was one of those guys doing that. Start talking. And I'm like, yeah. and they're like, that's the guy. That's the guy. Blah, 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 blah. Next thing I know, Jim Gibbons goes, you want to go get something to eat? And you guys appreciate this story because we're talking about this a little bit. Oh, yes. So Jim Gibbons, myself, and by this time, I got to be honest, the, the feeling of excitement in my body is, I'm like, I cannot, this one, I'm like, I can't believe this is happening to me. Like, are you, are you kidding me? This is, this is unbelievable. So Jim Gibbons and I and another guy get in the car and we go to a place called Pinky's Diner. I don't even know if it's still around. <laughs> in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I think we're there until like three in the morning. We're there talking wrestling and blah, blah, blah. And we're there with another guy who Jim introduced me to when we got in the car. And I can't remember his name. And I don't know who he is. But he's talking wrestling. Seems like you know what he's talking about. Tell him a few stories. <laughs> so... Uh, not that, you know, probably like four or five years ago, I asked Jim, I'm like, Jim, I've always wanted to ask you, like, we're in the car that day when we go to Pinky's Diner. I'm, I'm like embarrassed to ask you, but like, who was that again? Randy Lewis. Jim and Randy are real good friends. We go with Randy. I mean, one of my favorite, a couple of years ago, Snowstorm in Iowa City, it's me, Jim, Randy, my girlfriend at the time at, at a Perkins at, you know, four in the morning in, in Coralville, Iowa. But uh, <laughs> The timing, again, back, getting back to the timing, Big Ten Network at that time was like looking for a Matt side guy. Doug Brooker was the guy from the old Iowa Public Television and Big Ten Network. They gave me an opportunity. It, it, it worked out. You know, did the, did the Matt side for a number of years. And now, uh, you know, like the last five years, they've continued to, uh, you know, give me more play-by-play -play gigs. But that that's how the Big Ten Network started. I mean, just, oh, that's awesome. again, just being, you know, right place, right time. And rest is history. Well, I tell it's you right. what, I'm a, I'm a little jealous. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just, wanna... the timing of it was, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. No. You know? no. So I want to rack your brain a little bit. You, you've, you've interviewed a lot of guys, a lot of after, you know, in a lot of events. 
I'm going to throw you some names out. Give me, give me some impressions on, on okay. uh, a few of these. Uh, Mark Hall. Very polite, very polite, pretty quiet, well-spoken guy. Um, when I think of Mark Hall, I just think about a guy that's just polite, you know, yeah. just a man, unbelievable, unbelievable career. I'm looking forward to watching him at the Olympic trials. Yeah, me yeah. too. He pulled out the recorder uh, when, he <laughs> wanted, when he wanted at big tens in Minneapolis. And, uh, I, I saw something kind of cool today uh, on Twitter in the last day or two. Somebody made a comment on Twitter that um, James Green had been beaten by Yanni Diakamahawas, and he wasn't sure if anybody ever did that. And Mark Hall, I believe it was Mark Hall on his Twitter, yeah, it was. Right yeah. one, said, yeah, Dylan Ness did also, but people losing this, no big deal, bro. And I think yeah. that, that, that's <laughs> one thing with this sport, too, that I think the best guys – they're willing to put it on the line. They give a, their best effort. And not that losing doesn't sting, but I, I remember when Isaiah Martinez got beat by Vincenzo Joseph when he was going for his third title, and he had a great tweet. And it, it, he said, very few get out of this game unscathed. Yep. Like, that's the truth. Like, you, you, you lose, whatever. Right? I know when I saw that tweet from, from Mark Hall today, I thought the same thing. You know, I think a lot of us as fans take these losses harder than the, than the guys in the arena do. No question. No you question know? they do. You know, fans, yep. you know, short for fanatic. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and, and I, the reality is losing. There's there's a lot of value in losing. That's right. Really is. Well, know, I watched some of, the, some of the tweets after the Taylor Burroughs match, and I thought his wife took it worse than he did. You know, that's, yeah. you know and that was the most yep. part of it. You know, a 4 4 yep. loss. You know, and it, I thought it was it the end happens. of the world. It yep. happens. You, you, you get better. You, I just appreciate the guys that put it on the line. I mean, yep. that, that's what it's about. I mean, Again, the big picture stuff. I mean, it's fantastic. That brings up the next one I want to ask you about, Dylan Ness. Man, Dylan was uh, – I remember watching Dylan when he was in high school. He was, you know, super – he was a stud in high school. And, uh, I mean, I remember one time Dylan made me feel pretty cool. We were doing Minnesota, Iowa. I don't remember the year, but Dylan Ness was wrestling for Minnesota, and he saw me, and he goes, you're the guy with Badger State Wrestling, right? And that just kind of made me feel – I was like, damn, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so – uh, Dylan Ness, from a wrestling standpoint, we Jim Gibbons made the comment. I copied him, and I think I've probably gotten the credit for it. It should really go to Jim. But Dylan Ness, and I, I dropped the, the line. Yeah, I, I dropped Dylan's name in the broadcast the other day. I don't remember who we were watching, but Dylan Ness, it might have been Caleb Young. It was Caleb Young. Dylan Ness, you're riding Dylan Ness. Next thing you know, you're on your back against Dylan Ness. So we'd always call him highly combustible material. Handle with extreme care. And that was Dylan Ness. I mean, he was one of those guys when you're riding him, like you're in trouble and you could always see it. You know, a lot of guys would want to ride him because like freaking next thing you know, you're on your back. Dylan Ness was exciting. He, that, he was just exciting to watch. Yep, always. Here's one. Sammy Brooks. You can't you, you can't uh, win a Big Ten title in a day. You can't throw a, a great mullet in a day. <laughs> yeah, right. that was that – was, you know, Sammy and I will, will forever be linked because of that Big Ten interview with the mullet. Uh, I remember I, I've known his dad, Charlie, for, for quite some time and, and watched, you know, out of Oak Park River Forest. That's where Sammy went. I remember watching him. He was a hammer in high school. But when we did that interview, I said to him, you know, because I'm a big believer in – I mean, I tell you, I talked about play-by-play -play being difficult. It's ten times easier than doing interviews. Doing interviews is difficult. Like, because – I could go, this is a whole hour-long conversation within itself, but 
I prefer doing interviews when I can be with the guy for a minute. Just give me a minute. Do I like doing interviews with people right off a of mat? I don't. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason being is because, number one, they're exhausted. I mean, these guys, you, you want a Big Ten title. You're exhausted when you come off the mat, okay, or anybody for that matter. You're tired, and you want to ask them a question, and you want it to be a quote-unquote good question, but you, you don't want a guy to have to think that hard. He's tired. His mind's tired. Okay? There's a real fine line there. But if you can get a guy for a couple of minutes, it's amazing, amazing the rapport you can build with somebody in, in one minute. It really, if I can get a minute with the guy, I'm in pretty good shape. Uh, because there you, you might just be like, hey, nice job. Great. You know, you get you get small talk. And he might say, like, yeah, it felt really good. You know, my grandma's here and you know, she, whatever it is. Like I said, it's like, oh, you can like you could have something like, hey, it's a big win for you. You talked about, you know, your grandmother, you speak about that. You could go to you, you have something. Okay. So with, with At that Big Ten Championships, we would do the interviews with the champion during the next weight class between periods one and two. I got like two minutes with these kids. So, so and I'm not a big, like, I don't want to ask you a question that, like, stuns you, all right? I want to, I want, if I can, I want to tell, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to ask you. Like, hey, what do you think about this and this? So I don't remember what I asked Sammy, but he gave no indication. He's just like, yeah, yeah, okay. So I'm like, that worked for you? Yeah, yeah, okay, great. So he goes into the mullet stuff. I was like, yeah, Sam, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know where we go from there, but, you know, let's go in the direction of trust. That must have been one of the questions was just trusting himself at, at that time. So Sammy was great, and uh, now every time I see him, one, one thing that, I, that is a lot of fun is it, it, it just it is what it is. But, like, one great example is Bobby Telford from Iowa. Like, Bobby Telford and – Quite frankly, a lot of those guys on Iowa's team at that time, it was like, you know, they had to go beat their heads in the back for 20 minutes. And I, I hate that. That's just me. Like, I'm a big believer in marketing the sport. And what is the you look at all the great sports, what what happens? They market stars. They market stars. I'll talk, tell you, I'm getting all over the place here, but tell you a good Spencer Lee story also. But um, you know, so like Telford at that time was like, he didn't interview or whatever. A lot of these Iowa guys, they wouldn't do the interviews because, you know, they had to go. I just wasn't impressed. Like, I understand you're, you know, so tough and you got to go, you know, do a bunch of this and that. I just, it just turned me off. But uh, all these guys now when I see them, like Telford's great. Like Bobby Telford's an awesome guy. Like now, you know, I've had a few conversations with him on the phone. I was in the Hawkeye Wrestling Club showdown doing stuff with him. He's awesome. Sammy Brooks, every time I see him, he's great. It's like uh, Matt McDonough still one of my all-time favorites. First time I ever interviewed Matt McDonough, it was the first interview I ever did on Big Ten Network. It was at the Midlands about 10 years ago. He was wrestling, uh, uh, what was his name, Gerard Garnett, I believe it was, out of Virginia Tech. I think he's, he yep. was yep. assistant coach with Roger for a little bit there at NDSU. Right, yep. yep. So, again, I, my belief is humble yourself, like – you don't have to be this big, bad, like, hey, if you screw up, like with Jaden Iron, I messed up. Like, <laughs> I screwed up. I felt like an idiot. I messed up. And I'm sure there's people at home like, you know, we call them Jaden. God, he's, you know, God, how do you get that wrong? It's like, whatever. I, you just own stuff. So I went up to McDonough before that. And I said, hey, Matt, just want to introduce myself. Shane Sparks. It's my first time on the Big Ten Network tonight. I'd love to do an interview with you if you win. And uh, if you could help me out, I'd really appreciate it. 
McDonough pins him. We do an interview on Big Ten Network, and I'm driving home. Gibbons and Brooker are in the same vehicle driving back. They call me up. They're like, we don't know what you said to him, but he's never talked like that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I told him I needed some help. Like, I didn't try to figure it out myself. It's like, I need some help on this. So he was great. And Matt McDonough and I stay in touch. It's cool. It's probably like teachers or coaches at, at any level. When they get older, it's just a, it's a different relationship. And I really enjoy I wish these guys were maybe a little bit more talkative in their college days, but I get it. You know, I get it. But uh, it's a lot of fun getting to talk to these guys after after they're out, and it's it's just a different relationship. I really enjoy it. But Spencer yeah. Lee, Spencer Lee's wrestling Minnesota. This is probably the – somebody asked me, like, what was the coolest thing? Because you got to be able to read a room, okay? I mean, you gotta, you got to be able to – you got to figure out the temperature of the room. So – Spencer Lee's wrestling Sean Russell at the pavilion. And uh, it's like he beats Sean Russell like six to one or seven to one. He beats him by like six points. Sean Russell's pretty darn good. But Spencer Lee comes off, I believe, the week before he got beat at the Midlands, if I remember right. Yeah, he did. He, he, he did get beat at the Midlands. So I walk over to him and I can tell like, him and, him and Tom are getting into it a little bit. So I just kind of walk over there because, again, I want the stars. People want to hear from Spencer Lee, okay? And I kind of walk over there, and I'm just kind of looking around, and, and Terry Brands is looking at me, kind of giving me one of these looks where he's just kind of like, <laughs> you know, kind of like, like, nah, this isn't going to work. And Spencer Lee, like, sees me or something, and he's like, oh, no. And he says, he's like, does Shane want to do an interview? Because if he does, I'm doing it. He's like, this guy's great for the sport, and I'm doing an interview with him. But I'm just kind of like, holy balls. Like, I mean, I'm like 40 years, you know, probably at the time 42 years old. And I'm like, I mean, I'll be the first to admit it. There's a little fanboy in me. I mean, just, I love <laughs> I'm a big wrestling fan. So I'm just kind of like, oh, my God, Spencer Lee, like, went out of his way to do this interview. And uh, I remember we were over there getting ready to go on. And I'm like, yeah, Spencer, you know, can I ask you this? And he just smiled at me. He goes, Shane, I'll be real honest. If you ask me that question, I can't give you an honest answer on here. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Can I ask you this? Yeah, great. Ask me that. So I, I, I just, I just really appreciate. I'll give you a line. Can I, can I drop a little bit of? A, I'll, I'll, I'll clean this up a little bit. This is a Shane Sparks original, okay? And I swear by this line: Jordan Burroughs, Spencer Lee, Kyle Snyder, Bo Nickel, Colin Moore. I could give you a ton. The reality is 90% of the guys in this sport apply this principle in their attitude and approach. You can be a complete ass kicker without being an a-hole. Yep. Like, I like those guys. Like, yep. when I, Zane Rutherford. I mean, Jason Nolf. I mean, these guys, they will kill you. They will destroy any bit of hope you have inside of a wrestling man, right? On a wrestling man. But when they get off – Gracious, polite, kind. Like I just, I love that. I just, I just love because I just think that's how you build cultures. Like, but, but with those kind of people that are just really selfless. Yeah, you bring up one there, Jason Nolf. You know, I remember, I remember to this day watching after he was after he wrestled Imar at Illinois, true uh, redshirt freshman, I guess, pins Imar, and uh, he comes off the mat, and you expect he's gonna be bouncing off the walls but you get them and uh, and what happens then well 
that was a that was one of the biggest lessons I ever learned. So that so I have an idea of who we're going to interview, and of course Isaiah Martinez is a star. So we're going to interview him, and of course he's going to win. Like we all know that. So we go there that day, and we are going to do a halftime interview with Isaiah Martinez, some kind of feature with Isaiah Martinez for intermission. Awesome. So Isaiah Martinez and I, and I really like Imar. He, we do some some interview. You know, they got the light set up, and it's going to be this real good interview. And I have, I generally speaking, it's it's just kind of my style. Again, it gets back to how difficult interviewing is. Maybe I'm just not good enough to get. You know, I mean, I'm just, it's so difficult. So I kind of, I have like a, a little bit more of a, I don't know if I'd call it mechanical, but it's, it's not overly conversational in all honesty. If I'm going to interview somebody for a few questions, it's pretty much like, I want to get this, this, and this. So I usually go in, like if I'm doing the big 10 championships, I probably have 25 questions that I know I'm going to use. And then I'll just kind of adjust those in certain ways, depending on who it is. So that particular day, I had a few questions for Imar. I knew what I was going to ask him. And I didn't, why would I, why would I deviate from that and, and think about any interview questions for this other kid? There's no reason to, I don't need to. I will never forget. He pins. And this is the also when I, I learned, I learned my own lesson. And I also knew at that moment that Jason Nolf was going to be special. So Jason Nolf comes over and I, again, very honest. Jason, I'm going to be real honest with you right now. I don't know what I'm going to ask you because I didn't think you were going to win. I mean, I <laughs> and, and he looks at me dead serious. And I will never forget. I could have Alzheimer's at 90 and I'll remember this. <laughs> he looks at me dead serious and he goes, yeah, I, I mean, I know I was going to win. And I was like, holy <laughs> balls. But I think that was the question I asked him. You know, I might have had, and I remember, but it was probably something like, Jason, you know, you're, you know, you didn't have any doubt about this match. You know, that might've been the question, but uh, I don't think I've ever, I don't recall any other times where I wasn't ready for whoever won coming off. That was a real, like, I remember being panicked, like, oh my God, what, 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 I, what am I going to do here? So that was a good lesson for me, but Nolf was just, and he's another kid, you know, pretty quiet. But I was doing a match, Michigan and Penn State, I think it was two years ago, and I got a, a, a tap on my shoulder, and it's Jason Nolf just saying hi to me. And I was like, oh, Christ, I didn't, wow. You know, I just, I, at the end of the day, whether it's coaches, athletes, I just hope they respect me and, and understand that I, I, give, I give a max effort. I mean, I, I give a max effort, and uh, I love the relationship. So I, I appreciate it. The, the older I get, you know, those are the things you appreciate. You know, people that say, hi, how you doing? Like. I like that stuff. I could go on for a long time, but I got to get one coach in. Okay. Barry okay. Davis. Okay. You got, you got an hour? You got <laughs> I do. I'm going to oh, yeah. give you this as quick as I can. I don't know if they're – what I think of a, a couple coaches that care for their athletes maybe more than anybody else, the two names that come to mind for me, just like – and there's a lot of them, don't get me wrong. But if somebody asked me, like if I was like on Family Feud – and somebody asked me a question, I'd two seconds, just give me a bang, bang. I'd say Barry Davis, Mark Manning. Like those two guys love their guys. Like, like they love them. So Barry Davis, going back to Philadelphia, that year that I was my first broadcast at the NCAA championships, we didn't get, we didn't get paid for that. Or 
We didn't get our hotel paid. I, I know that. Barry Davis lets me stay with him. I mean, they, they took, I mean, they, they had three of the semis that year, but, but Barry Davis, it's, it's me in the hotel room with Barry Davis. That's who I stayed with, Barry. Um, I remember that uh, when we got there on a Wednesday, I remember there was a homeless guy and he wanted some money and Barry grabbed him. We went into Quiznos subs together. I remember that. Um, Barry would always call me and tell me to bring my, it'd be like 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. I'd be like, I was running Badger State Wrestling. I'd be riding home. It'd be like 1030 at night. It'd be Barry. Hey, hey, Barry. Yeah, Shane, I just want to call and make sure you're bringing your son tomorrow. Yeah, that's good for you guys. Are you are you bringing him? Are you bringing him? Yeah, I'll bring him. Um, he, um, I, I went through a divorce about eight years ago. Barry would always call, see how I was doing. I take a bullet for Barry Davis. Like, and, and the, the biggest compliment I can give him, and this is, if you really stop and think about this, this is so, this is, this is a very crazy thing I'm going to say here. And it just speaks to the um, unbelievable human being this guy is. Barry Davis was about as big of a butt kicker on a wrestling mat as you're going to find. I mean, we're talking about one of the all-time greats. I mean, winning us wrestler, I believe, at Iowa. Three-time national champ, Olympic silver medalist. The guy's done it all. When you, even in this conversation, true story, you bring up Barry Davis's name, I do not ever think about Barry Davis, the wrestler, ever. His wrestling means nothing to me, honestly. It used to. It used to. When I first met him, it was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe him. Because, like, Barry and I once, we drove to, we, we've driven to a couple events, just him and I. So I've, I've spent I've spent plenty of time with Barry, you know, hours at a time, just him and I. And um, in the beginning, it was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe I'm in this car with Barry Davis. Are you kidding me? And now I would never give his wrestling accolades a thought. I would simply be like, yeah, Barry Davis is one of the best people you'll ever meet in this sport. And I'll, I'll never forget uh, that night. It was a Friday night. Semifinals got over. Graf got beat. Howell got beat. Oh. Granville got beat. I got to go back to this hotel room in Philadelphia, and I know Barry's in the room. And it's like, <laughs> what, what the hell am I going to say to him, right? I'm just praying to God he's, like, sleeping, okay? I will never forget this. I walk in there, sneak in, open the door, lights are off, Barry's sleeping. You know you know how hotel doors are pretty heavy, okay? <laughs> I mean, I literally, I, I uh, closed that thing. <laughs> I'm tiptoeing to the bed. All of a sudden, I'm getting ready to get in the bed, and I hear, can't get him like, uh, I hear, can't let him get to the legs. <laughs> he turns the light on, and I'm like, just like, sorry, Barry. He's like, can't let him get to the legs like that. He was just, it was. <laughs> Live it down. Yeah. He was, he's just an awesome guy. He's just a great, he's an awesome human being. I mean, I, honestly, I, I could give you a hundred awesome people I've met in this sport. He He's going to be near the top of that list. Just a, again, one of those guys where it's like if you look at what Barry Davis has accomplished, if Barry Davis can be nice to you or Barry Davis can be nice to everybody, then everybody else probably should fall in line, right? Kyle Snyder, Yanni Diakamahala, Spencer Lee, like some of these guys that are the best, they're the best. If the best guy is nice, then everybody else sure the hell better fall in line. And that's what I love about when, when you know, because there are culture changes changes in those rooms. And it goes to high school, too. I mean, was talking to uh, 
Andy Hamilton's going to be doing something on track wrestling pretty soon called, uh, it's like a girl wrestling thing. And he's Andy Hamilton, phenomenal guy, great respect for him and the, the amazing work he does. And I can't wait to see this piece. It's going to be awesome on track wrestling. But he talked about a story, uh, Sammy Sasso. So Sammy Sasso pinned Michael Carr today from Illinois, who's I think a really good yeah. guy too. But uh, trying to think where Sammy went. Did he go to Nazareth or like? Yes, Nazareth. Yep. Nazareth. Yeah. yep. So Nazareth, he's at Nazareth. And the coach at Nazareth, and I don't know his name. I wish I did. And I need to find this out. But he had something where every day they spotlight a kid in like the final couple minutes of practice. You know, you bring up a kid and, and he brings up Sammy Sasso. And he goes around the room to every guy in the team and asks the kid, you know, asks them, like, give us, give us something you like about Sammy Sasso, positive culture deal. And they get to some freshman on the team. He's a freshman. I don't know what kind of contributor he was, but probably pretty low on the totem pole. And here you got Sammy Sasso, one of the best kids in the country. And it gets to that kid, and he says about Sammy Sasso, I like Sammy because he says hi to me anytime he sees me in the hallway. Bam! That's the kind of stuff that that stuff fires me up because that's culture. That's what this sport should be about. That's how you do it. And I just, that kid, you know, I just, when I see Sammy Sasso, I haven't seen him in person since the big tens. I'm going to give him a big high five and be like, that's why you're the man. You're a great wrestler, but let me tell you why you're the man because you, this is how you treat people. I love that. That's my favorite story. I, I love that story. I never get sick of telling it. Yeah. Great story. No, that is awesome. No, I sit down to the state wrestling tournament, usually with all the older coaches. And there's like a mid-afternoon, two-hour break where, where some of the wrestling fans are going across to like the Buffalo Wild Wings or some other place to get an adult beverage. And yeah, I'll, I'll go down and sit on the floor with the coaches that got to hang out with their kids or the ones that put on their wrestling shoes and go out and wrestle with some kids who, who are probably warming up to get into a placing match or doing something like that. And honestly, just listen. And that's, that's my favorite part of the state wrestling tournament is trying to absorb something from some of the coaches and just sit with them. And the relationships you build, it's, it's life-changing um, because those coaches understand, I, I think they see the big picture. The young coaches, I wish the young coaches would do this a little more, is, is just listen because the older coaches know it took a lot for them to get there but they're willing to give that secret to somebody else. And they, and people don't realize that, that that secret is not such a secret. It's, it's being involved and being committed and being loved by your athletes. You know, like, like the Barry Davises, like these other coaches. And I tell you what, that's, that's probably my, my most favorite part of wrestling is now those Saturdays when there's no wrestling going on. I'll give you another great thing that always gets me. I, I do the Wisconsin state tournaments. And it, it literally chokes me up every year. It's, it's just, I, it, every time, every time it happens, I like tell myself, like, keep it together because it, but it's just so powerful. Like I said before, most of us at wrestling high school, even if you're a state place winner, that's probably the end of the road. That's just the reality. That's how it is. And you, what, what I always love is final match for a senior, win or lose. Mm -hmm. When he goes over and that embrace it in the corner with the coach, that stuff is priceless because <laughs> I, it's just, it's just a special time. I mean, it's just, and every time I watch it, I just think like, man, you know, it's, it's like just a cool deal. That, that always, that always gets me, gets me choked up watching that. Cause you just, if you're in this sport, 
you understand the relationships, the time, the sacrifice, the love. I think it's one thing too. I mean, I'm, Hey, I love tough. I love tough. So I love about this sport. I love it. But I also, I also love the love. You know, I also <laughs> love the Like my, my youth wrestling coach is a guy named Herm Leitz. Herm Leitz lives in Ripon, Wisconsin right now. Ron Melogic, John Kennedy, a couple of my high school coaches at, at Ripon High School. Like these, I haven't, I haven't wrestled for Herm Leitz in, geez, coming up on 40 years. Herm's one of my guys. Like, I love Herm. I mean, Herm is, and I try to remind him, you know, I, I see Herm at the state tournament every year in Ripon, along with my fifth grade teacher, a guy named Don Gregor, is one of the biggest influences in my life. And now that I've gotten older, I make sure every time I see those guys, every time, and I usually get choked up. I look at him, I'm like, I just want you guys to know how much I love you, what you guys have done for me. And I always tell him, and it's the truth. If it wasn't for you two guys, amongst countless others, I'd never be sitting here. I'd never be standing here. So I, I just love the, it, it all goes back to the people. It always does. Yeah. Hey, I've got a question. So, so I told you I coached in, in Superior, Wisconsin, and, and there was a state champ heavyweight that came out of Superior, Nico. So his, and what made me think of that now was that his coach, Bill Getty at the time, was was a head coach at, at Superior when I was there and, and a, a longtime coach. I think he just got his, I don't know, his jacket for, uh, 50 years of coaching in the state of Wisconsin. So that would have been a moment I would have liked to have been at, you know, when Nico wins that state title yeah. and, and coach coach Getty's right there. Yep. So that, that would have been a big one. He grabbed him. I remember Nico grabbing him and uh, you know, spinning him around or whatever. Yeah. Nico's a great guy. I remember Nico in high school. He always wanted to be in WWE. That was his goal. And so he is. Now he is. It's awesome. But that was a cool moment. I remember uh, calling that match. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, awesome. those are cool times. You don't get many of those moments in your life. You really don't. No. No. no we had, there wasn't a lot of state champions coming out of Superior. So yeah. that, was yeah. a, that was a big one for Coach Getty. I, I, Absolutely. You know, I, we, we still talk quite a bit. And, and we had a lot of time, a lot of fun times running around the state. But but that's, uh, yeah, that would have been a great one for me to be at. Yeah. That was fun. Well, I tell you what, I get to call the state wrestling tournament too, both the dual and individual, and I'm trying to squeeze Bill in this year. I've got my Bill's been with me for a while, and I'd love to get him live in some of the class B matches. So that's kind of my goal now. It's to get okay. Bill to do some live commentary stuff. Yeah. That's that's the next step. Because I tell you what, the you build relationships there too. Um, we've our TV time is kind of different with COVID this year. It's going to be really challenging. So I tell you what, we got some demographics to do. North Dakota still having a state wrestling tournament, but they're letting everybody qualify. And, and not only that, so and they're going to separate. There's two classes in North Dakota, and they're going to separate the class A and the class B, the two classes, to two different times. And, and basically they're going to put two sessions in the morning, the A will go, and then they're going to shuffle them out and put the B in, which they've always wrestled them at the same time. And they want kind of think they might want to shuffle the fans out too. So we might I think be, they will, they are going to shuffle the fans out. So if you buy I, a ticket for B, you're, you're there for the B and then you, you get shuffled out and, and you'll have to buy another ticket for the A, but that won't be easy to do because you'll have to do that through your school. Um, they're going to sell yeah. more tickets at the door. No tickets at the door, and so I'm trying to I get Bill in so Bill can see the whole thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with my media pass. Makes is that inside the uh, the Fargo Dome? It so is in the Fargo Dome. Yeah, what a great place that is! That's that, a great venue. Yeah, yeah, that's you know that's uh, 
lot of great matches have been wrestled inside those walls. That's for yep. sure. Oh, yep. for sure. No, now if you had to pick one of your number one matches you've got to call, have you do you have a, a top five list of, of matches yeah. that you've got to call? Man, that's a that's a really good question. Obviously, the first match I ever did play by play will always be just be pretty cool. That was Penn State, Minnesota, Dylan Ness pin one of the alts. <laughs> that one I remember. Uh, I remember that one. Um what are some other? I'll give you. An, I'll give you another one. I was just doing mat side stuff, but it was a match I'll always remember. Minnesota wrestled Iowa one year. Sam, this duel was the craziest duel I've ever seen. Sam Brand, Kale Pin Gilman, Ness. I think beat St. John. I think Telford beat Nelson. It was like, it was like, it was just a crazy duel, and I don't remember even who won it. I think. God, I, I don't remember who won it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Minnesota probably won it, but uh, you know it was probably Storley and Evans were in that match. But that was just a match that was just odd. Like it was just like just all over the place. I remember uh, Tony Ramos pinning. I think it was Jimmy Gulabon once inside Carver. Place went nuts. Uh, when Penn State wrestled Ohio State at Penn State a couple years ago maybe probably three years ago already, Ohio State was ranked number one and they were going to beat Penn State and they didn't. You, you know, I mean, Penn State just, you know, found some of that magic once again. That one comes to mind. You know, Big Ten championships, I could, I, I probably remember, I could probably talk about every one of those if, if we went year by year. Those are, are really cool. Um, I just, I mean, every one of them. I mean, it, it's just Big Ten wrestling, and, and this is, I just, I remember being a little kid visualizing doing this. And I remember I told the story on a podcast I was on with somebody a couple weeks ago, but I was probably, it was, it was in 1987. I would have been 11. Went to a Wednesday afternoon Brewer game, Tigers and Brewers. Brewers won 14 to two. I remember that. But I remember before we went in, I was staring at County Stadium. I just remember staring at it and my mom asking me what I was doing. She goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just picturing what it would be like to work here someday as a broadcaster. I've never quite made the major leagues in baseball. But one thing I always like to do is anytime I go into a venue, like I can tell you this, if I'm in Coralville, Iowa at a hotel and I'm driving to Carver Hawkeye, from that, ho from that hotel to Carver Hawkeye Arena, I'm listening to ACDC because it makes me feel like I'm competing. But anytime I, anytime I get to those venues, I park. And I just, just like an 11 year old kid, every time sure. I, out, I stare at it and just really thank God that I get to live my dream because it's, those are things like you think about when you're younger, like, ah, oh, I really want to do this. And this, this is what I'm going to do. But to get to do it, I never, uh, I never forget how fortunate I am. I can tell you that because I'm smart enough to know this. There's a lot of people I can do it. If I don't do it anymore, the show goes on. Like, get over yourself, right? Nobody's that important. I like to look at it not necessarily that nobody's that important, just everybody's that important. Right. But, uh, I'm, you know, the show goes on. You enjoy the ride. It's it's kind of like when you're a little kid at the carnival and you get on the tilt-a-whirl. You know, it's a lot of fun, and you don't know when the guy's going to turn the ride off. So you just enjoy it as long as you can, and then when it's time to get off, it's time to get off, and – that's just the way it goes, but it is a it is one hell of a fun ride. I can tell you that. 
appreciate it. Well, you got it. That's awesome. Absolutely. We're all all on borrowed time. Okay. Well, good deal. Well, Bill, you got some other big questions because we're sitting at that hour. Yeah. No, I I think obviously we we could go on forever, so I, we better not. But um, <laughs> you've got a. I know you've got a list of questions. You got there. Quick fire questions you'd like to ask. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna throw some quick fire questions we do at the end of the show just to get some personality things for you. Okay, so, and they'll pop up on the bottom too. Pretty easy. Okay. But, uh, so let's go here. I just uh, here comes some quick fire questions. Okay. Here's the first question right here. Gatorade, Gatorade. or Powerade? Gatorade. Gatorade. Any yeah. flavor? Any? F- Man, I'd probably go uh, yellow. Whatever that is, lime. <laughs> yeah. 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 Give me the yellow power. Gatorade. Yes. Oh, this is a. I don't know if you know me. I don't know if you know me with this question. Do you, you know anything about me and Dilly Bars? Nope. I I got twenty five of them out in my freezer right now. I absolutely love Dilly Bars. Oh, oh, I love Dilly Bars. Dilly well, Bars is my favorite thing on this planet. Do you eat the chocolate off first? Or you take bites right off. I bite the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Dilly Bars. <laughs> Maybe when I get to the Dakotas, we'll, we'll talk some wrestling, and I'll bring a, I'll bring a couple bags of chilies. Well, I go to Fargo every year. I'm, I'm all over the place. Oh, I will catch you again. Okay. Mama's Boy or Rebel? Man, you know, I've made I, – I, if you if you buy the book Bad Decisions, I wrote the foreword on it. I've made plenty of bad decisions. I've just done some stupid – I mean, if I'm being honest, I've just done some – made my fair share of bad decisions. But um, at the end of the day – you know, I was talking. I talked to my mom when I was on my Peloton before I got in this interview for I think forty-seven minutes. My mom is the greatest human being on the planet. Uh, I definitely wouldn't be here without her support, unconditional love. So I would, I'd probably say, Mama's boy. Like I, my mom, you know, and my mom's I, mom's like she's in the circle, and nobody, nobody's gonna take her off the throne. What's funny, most wrestlers feel they want to be the rebel, but they're the mama's boy. Yeah, <laughs> my my mom is. Uh, she's spectacular. Okay. Are you fast paced or consistently <laughs> slow? I'm pretty sure I can guess this one. You know what, You'd be surprised by this. I think it's probably the biggest misconception about me. I like to sit back and be consistently slow as much as anybody else does. I mean, I, I'm, uh, I, I mean, I have a lot of high energy and I'm fast paced a lot, but when I'm done talking to you guys, I'll go sit on that couch and watch football for a couple hours, probably, you know, and then watch, uh, I'm watching this show right now called suits. Great show. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm watching that on, on prime. I'll probably watch a couple episodes of that. So I'm, I definitely got a slow pace side as well. Okay. Were you a physical athlete or mental athlete? Oh man. I, this one pains me to be honest with this. It was definitely physical and wow. Did I miss the boat? Miss the boat. I wish, I wish I would have been far more mentally. in. in that's, that's usually the biggest 2020 question. People looking back, wish they had the vision of being a more mental athlete. That's why, that's why they want to have their athletes that way. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Okay. Another one. Favorite holiday. Man, I'd probably go with Easter. You know, Christ, Christ okay. is risen. You, you can't do much better than that. Okay. Awesome. Next one. Or Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's a good one too. It might be a tough one. A Dan Gable or Kale Sanderson. Yeah, this one, this one is a tough one, but again, I'm not gonna answer this one head on. Um, it's Dan Gable. Uh Again, I got a little little quick story. If you got time, for no, that. Got, got time. We don't give up here. <laughs> when I when I left the radio station to go to Badger State Wrestling, the first interview I was going to do was going to be with Dan Gable, and I didn't know him at that time. So I was going to do the interview, and I was 
uh, in Appleton, Wisconsin, driving to Oshkosh, where I currently live and lived then, and my phone went off, and it was a, a number I didn't recognize. Hello, Shane speaking. Hey, Shane, this is Dan Gable, and I just want to confirm that we're still on for this afternoon at 4 o'clock or whatever it was. And I hung up the phone, and it was at that moment when I knew I made the right call. Mm-hmm. I got Dan Gable calling me to confirm an interview. This guy knows no, has no idea who I am, nor should he. He doesn't owe me anything. And he called me up to confirm something? <laughs> wow. So then I get to do the – I call him up. We're going to do the interview. And I've gotten, I've gotten to know Dan. I've gotten to know Dan. I've spent quite a bit of time with him now since, you know, last 10 years too. So I, I get to my house in Oshkosh and I call him, come up, we're going to do the interview. Wife Kathy answers the phone. Yeah, Dan's expecting your call. Give us a minute here to make sure that we have our call waiting turned off so nobody interrupts you. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me here? Like, again, I go back to like, how do people make you feel? I mean, yep. Dan made me feel like I was bigger deal than he was. That's crazy, right? Like, that's incredible. So that's an unbelievable skill. So, or, you know, just in the, just an attitude. So anyways, I'm very prepared. I talked about that Nolf deal before with the preparation. I learned a de- uh, uh, I learned something here on details. So I have, I have all these notes written out for an interview. It's, I'm always, you know, pretty well prepared in my intro. And I don't have all the stats, right? But you'll get the point. I'm like... You know, BatterStateWrestling.com, our next guest, two-time high school state champion, 100 and whatever and one, Olympic gold medalist, unscored upon. As a coach, he's this, 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 this. He's simply known as Gable. That's my intro. And Dan Gable goes, wow, what an intro. <laughs> Nobody can see me because it's audio only, and I am on base. I am in my basement, going like this. <laughs> I knocked that freaking ball six hundred feet out of the park, and then I looked down and realized I didn't hit record. Oh. <laughs> and there was no way in hell I was going to have him redo it. So when I did the interview. In post-production, it was, you know, blah, 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 blah. did all the same thing. He's simply known as Gable, and we bring in the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. And then I go into my first question. Nobody ever hears the, wow, wow. what an intro. It was the coolest. So I was, I told him that story a few times, but it was at that moment when I learned details. Yep. yep. That, yeah. That was good. Well, I tell you a quick story. You know, mine's only going to be quite a bit shorter. So I, this weekend – Got a hold of Terry Steiner, a good friend of mine, as we graduated together and talked forever. And he's been on the show several times. But uh, great guy. I, I asked him, what is what are the possibilities I could get Dan Gable's contact information? Because I'd really like to get him on the show. And so I told then Jim Makovsky and Bill that I'm going to try to get his information. And so then, and Terry is over out of the country right he's now. In he's, in he's in, in France. He's in France. Yeah. Yep. And it, it was. It wasn't like ten minutes later. He had texted me back, and it's probably four in the morning over there. And he gave me his information. So then Saturday, my goal was to get a hold of Dan Gable. That was my whole goal. So I, I don't know how to approach this because he doesn't know me from nobody, and you know you're kind of scared. But yet this sure. is a, this is one of those in my mind because I've been an Iowa fan forever. It's like a bucket list <laughs> moment for me. Yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> So I text him and I haven't got a response back yet. So I'm almost like disappointed in myself. Now, did I say something wrong? I mentioned who I was and I, I hope you don't mind that 
Terry Steiner got me your information. I just would like to contact you to see if I could set you up for a show like, like this. And so he has not got back to me yet. So I'm going, oh no. Try him again. Try him again. I, I would try him again. Because I know like right now or, or during the, I, I think they spent some time in Florida. I, I'm yeah. almost positive they do. But okay. uh, <laughs> I can't say enough good about him. So keep, keep on. Oh, um, I will. I he's will. So great too. He's great. Well, I mean, he, I've got two more I set to. And one is Brock Lesnar, who is oh, a South, South, South Dakota boy, who I'd like to interview. But here, his freshman roommate in college, he went to Bismarck State, actually, first. Yeah. And, and his freshman roommate's a decent friend of mine. So I now got his contact information. But whole thing is, is after I got his contact information, it wasn't five seconds later, he said, but you can't use that. Because he <laughs> told nobody to contact you. Oh, yeah. Brock, I remember uh, I've met Brock twice. The, the first time I met him, was Logan Storley? I think Logan Storley wrestled as a true freshman, correct? Yep, that is correct. They awarded him the Junior Dan Hodge Trophy in a duel. I don't remember who Minnesota was wrestling, but Brock Lesnar was there because they're from the same hometown, I believe, right? Uh, no, they're no, not. No, no. yeah, they're both from Webster, I think. Yeah, Webster, South Dakota, correct? Yeah, 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 yep. So I met Brock there. I think I met him, but I don't remember. I don't remember if we if we interviewed him at all. But then last year, Wisconsin was wrestling Minnesota, early season doing the Big Ten. He was there, and they were there to celebrate. Man, maybe it was his 20th year of his national title, perhaps. They were they brought him in to celebrate something. And I remember, I, I remember shaking his hand, thinking, I cannot imagine getting punched by this. I that I his I my hands are, I'm not that big of a guy, but my hands are that little. His hands are humongous. Like, I just remember when he shook my hand, I was like, oh, my God. Like, can you imagine getting punched by that? <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. And I remember I had to sell him because I, I'm like, Brock, and he's like, I, you know, because he's a pretty humble guy. He's like, I just don't want this to be about me. And I said, Brock, I, I said, God, what did I say to him? I'm like, I'm like, two questions. I'm like, two questions. I'm going to ask you about wrestling for that team like I – I remember positioning it like two questions and we'll talk about the influence of this program. Like it, it won't be about you. It'll be more team oriented. And he, I remember, if I remember right, he looked at me, he goes, two questions. And I'm like, <laughs> it's very nice. But I, I remember thinking to myself like, yeah, that's the deal. Don't, don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't try to be the big hero here and ask him. Right. Like if that's what he said, that's what you do. And, and he was very gracious. He was great. He was awesome. And so, still, I still can't imagine getting punched by that guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go back. I've wrestled him. And so I go oh, back are you that. serious? Oh, yes. See, I coached at Valley City State University. And they had a, at that time, they don't have a wrestling program anymore. And then he was at BSC. And we'd bring our guys at Christmas over to BSC to wrestle. And so as a coach, um, I'd wrestle him. And, and I didn't think much of it because he had a hard time getting out from bottom. But at this time, he weighed about 235, 240. His, and then all of a sudden he came back at his second year in college and all of a sudden, oh my Brock, what did you do? And 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 he says to me, he says, Coach, I lift every day. <laughs> that's all that's what he said. I coach, I lift every day. And, and and so I said, and he went out to, and this goes back to one of the stories I have with him with. Then they went to the Bison Open. And then he goes and he beats Minnesota's uh heavyweight at the Bison Open. 
And that's when Jay Robinson came up to me and he says, hey, you run this Dakota Grappler thing. What do you know about this Brock Lesnar? Can you give me his information? Because guess what? That's what he did. He, then he went after Brock after that. Really? And so, yeah. yeah. And and Jay Robinson, here's the funny story is he says, this Dakota Grappler, I think at that stuff, that book you do, I think I could do it in Minnesota. And he tried a book for two to three years, tried to do a little book, but it's almost impossible. I'm such in a small state. I know everybody with wrestling. Okay. So you go to a Minnesota, you've got a thousand teams almost compared to my 50 teams per state or a hundred. Okay. So I have a relationship with every coach. Yes, Jay Robinson, but he's not going to do the sales. That's, he had a, that's get, a lot of work. Yeah. He, he had guy named Josh Krebs out of Minot who ran that. Uh, what did they have? They had a wrestling website. Um, oh, man. I'm trying to think oh, what, I don't what they, it was called. Because they did have a web, website for a little while. Yep. Jay Robinson, Jay Rob owned that. And, but uh, now let's keep going with my questions. Like I said, well, we talked. We've been doing this, ask it's these fine. questions, and we, we string them out quite a ways. Um, okay, so the next question. Here we go. Favorite number? 23. 23. I was I was born on November 23rd. I was like number 23. And then you got guys like Ryan Sandberg and the Cubs. Michael Jordan was 23. I'd say my second favorite number is 10 favorite baseball player, Chipper Jones. There we go. Atlanta Brave. You betcha. Yep. Best wrestler you've ever wrestled. And uh unfortunately, yeah, probably that kid that beat me for the state title it was Rudy Ruiz. So he uh he won Fargo that summer. He was a sophomore. I was a senior. He won three state titles, wrestled at Stanford, made the tournament a couple times. He would, you know what? It would either be him or a kid named John Dexter. John Dexter was a three-time Wisconsin state champ, 149 and one, but never wrestled in college. Wrestled him in grade school. <laughs> I might go with John Dexter, actually. Rudy Rose, John Dexter. I, I, I'd probably take Dexter. I, okay. Dexter was an animal. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. I love the names. Any habit you learned in wrestling that you still do today? I think it just comes down to, for me, it's just trying to eat halfway decent. And I, I try to take pretty good care of myself. I mean, I try, I'm a big, you know, I cycle. I do a lot of biking. And I think that's just, that's wrestling. Like you take, you know, take care. I try to do push-ups every day, just stuff like that. That I, I would say that's probably it, you know. And I think too, from a broadcast, there is one. I guess I got another one. When I wrestled in high school, I'd always talk and I'd go find a, a, a mirror. Like I'd go find a back bathroom or something and I'd have a self-talk. Like I'd look at myself and it's like, you know, you know, like literally looking at myself in the mirror, let's go get this, blah, 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 say a prayer, go do it. Every broadcast I do now, every time I go find a bathroom, I look at myself in the mirror and I say, that's what you're born to do. Big, big match today. Go get it. Go get it. Say a little prayer. Like I love like one of the, one of the things I do, because I think the coolest thing about being in broadcasting, it's the next best thing to competing. Like the bathroom I go into at Carver Hawkeye, when I come out of that thing, I'm in the tunnel and the arena is right ahead. So I literally feel like, I mean, I seriously feel like I'm going, I'm going to wrestle. That's, that's what I feel like. And then you put the headset on us. I put the headgear on. National anthem plays. I wrestled 103 back in those days. You started at 103. So the national anthem to this day is my favorite song. It always will be because anytime I heard that song, it was go time. And that, I get that same adrenaline rush broadcasting. So that'd be another one. The, the mirror talks. Okay. That's great. Bill, any last questions? That's my quick fire questions, guys. Thanks. Thanks for participating. Wheat thins or Triscuits? 
Wheat thins or triscuits. <laughs> yeah, I'm a wheat thins guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. No, I do appreciate everything you do for the sport, Shane. I've listened to you for a long time. And then when B Jim said, I, hey, I've got Shane's information. Maybe he'll do this. I think you'd like oh, it. Yeah. I'm, going, I'm going, oh, man, this. I tell you what. And I'm trying to step up my game a little bit, get more people on. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, Bill and I could talk wrestling forever, but you guys bring another flavor to it. And then it, like I said, every time when we do these shows, it lifts my heart and my soul that wrestling's wrestling's powerful out there. It's Absolutely. Very well, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on and thank you guys for what you're doing. I mean, you guys are the guys in the trenches getting it done because you love it. I mean, you guys love it. So thanks to, uh, you know, thanks again for having me on. This has been, this has been a lot of fun. Okay. Thank you again. And Bill. Yep, thanks uh, for coming on, Shane. Yeah, hey, hey tell you, you guys. Tell yes, us where nice we can you. where we can follow you on social media or where, where else we can see you. All right. Let's see here. I think I, I need to do a little bit better job with this. On on Twitter, it is uh, let's see here. Come on, Shane. The, the real Shane Sparks, because there's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a there's a rapper that Shane Sparks out there, you know that. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I think the other guy's like got in trouble or so, you know. It's not, it's not exactly what you want your name to be associated with when you Google it, right? It's uh on Twitter, it is at Shane Sparks BTN. And then on uh, Instagram, let's see if we got that, what that thing is. I should know this stuff like right off the top of my head. What is it? On Instagram, it is Shane underscore Sparks BTN. Shane underscore Sparks BTN. Yeah, thank you much. Okay, one more question from Jim Makovsky to you. <laughs> Who would have been the better wrestler, Brett Favre or Aaron oh, Rodgers? Wow. That, is a, that is actually a great question. Who would have been a better wrestler? Because Aaron Rodgers doesn't make many mistakes, but Brett Favre lets it fly, and he was very good. God, that's a that is an absolute <laughs> phenomenal question. Who would have been a better wrestler? God darn it! Hmm. I I think Aaron Rodgers would have been the thinker. I think Brett Favre would have been the aggressor. Yeah, that's your setup, and they're so opposite. I mean, I can tell you this: you take those two as a quarterback and combine them, it'd be like. Darn your perfection. So different, but both just, un you know, both in the top half percent to ever play the game. I'm a, I grew up with Favre, so I got to go with, I got to go with Favre. <laughs> even, though, even though Aaron Rodgers is a much better quarterback than Favre is. I mean, I just, Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, is the best guy to ever play the position, even though I'd rather have Favre, Favre as a teammate. I think Favre's a better leader. His skill set was phenomenal, but Favre was, it was, Farm was always good to make you have a couple f bombs with those. I <laughs> yeah. was like, gosh, you know, but uh, two great quarterbacks. I mean, this is crazy. I'm 45 years old. Farm became the starting quarterback, I think, when I was 16. I've, I've been a Packer. I'm not a diehard Packer fan, but I, I, I like the Packers. I don't know what it's like to not have a quarterback that's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's that, something. That is that's pretty nuts. How about this? Would you would that be on your bucket list for an interview? For you, could you? Marv? Yes. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'll get you his information. No, just kidding. <laughs> when I worked at the radio station, we did a a Monday night football show every Monday, and I was the guy out asking the questions. So there was a time, Roger, and then I was in charge, of like getting the guests their food and like, hey, what do you want to eat? But I, I remember uh, it would have been it was Memorial Day. No, it wasn't Memorial. It was Labor Day. When it was myself, my son Austin, who at the time was probably 
12, and Aaron Rodgers sitting down having dinner together. Us three. That was it. Us three. We got a picture of that. That was a pretty cool thing. I met Favre uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, if I could do any interview, there's only one person on this planet that I really – there's two people that I really want to meet. Two. Vince Scully, <laughs> longtime voice of the L.A. Dodgers. I'd want to meet him. And then a guy that I want to meet, my all-time – I mean, I've been around the sport for, for a while and get to, you know, get to rub elbows with a lot of great wrestling people, past and present. But my all-time favorite college wrestler I've never met, and I really want to meet him, and that's Chad Zapital. He wrestled for the Hawkeyes. Okay. Never met Chad Zapital. Kyle Klingman sent me Chad's information. I have his phone number, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i probably send him a text sometime and say, hey, Chad, Shane Sparks, I'd love to meet you. If you ever get to Iowa City, can I buy you lunch? I, I want to meet Chad Zapital. He was – Chad Zapital was a big reason – I fell in love with wrestling in high school. He was my guy. Like, I, I love Chad Zapp. <laughs> well, a great way to end, guys. We almost ended an hour and a half. Guys, <laughs> thanks again. We will come to you again on Wednesday. New Dakota Grappler rankings should be out. Uh, come Tuesday night for Class A. Class B I'll take a look at and see if I can round some up for that, too. We do have region polls because we haven't met with one another. Now, Class B has some, but we go from there. So, Bill and I will catch you about 8 o'clock Wednesday night. So, guys, see you again. Go out and promote wrestling. Bill, any last words? He's I don't. Yeah, go okay. watch some wrestling. Another another big week of college wrestling coming up. We had a great weekend of uh, international wrestling. We'll talk about that coming up, too. But uh, just just go promote the sport. Go watch some wrestling. Um, we're, we're really in a pretty neat time and just be able to watch it uh, more than we've ever been able to go. We may not be able to get into all the venues. Everything's getting streamed. Everything, you know, it's easier to follow a little bit. So just go and, and uh, promote the sport. Definitely. Well, Shane, thank you again, and we will catch you soon somewhere out there. Maybe you and Randy and I can go have a yeah, adult, adult time, guys. Thanks again. Right, thanks. You bet. Thanks, Shane. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Dakota Grappler Live, your source for wrestling in the Dakotas. Check us out and subscribe to our webpage and YouTube channel at dakotagrappler.com. Now go promote wrestling.